there is a cost to uh, becoming a disciple of Christ. He tells you to, uh, to deny yourself, to pick up your cross, and to follow him daily. You are literally dying to who you are. You are disassociating yourself from yourself. Grace. My name is Andy Burak. And I'm Derek Gillespie. And we're thankful that you've joined us here on what will be our first episode uh, of our podcast, where we hope to encourage you and strengthen you in your faith. Um, Derek, when I approached you about this, honestly, what were your first thoughts? <laughs> I guess it was fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I remember doing these during the quarantine. It would just be me in my office, and I can't tell you how many times I stop, stopped and started over because I just wanted it to be meaningful and right. And I hope that people just listening to us talk will be encouraged. So um, we were just talking about Sunday school and how, how just encouraging it is to hear you teach, and so I'm looking forward to it. To start with, it's interesting, like what our, what our culture is going through right now with this pandemic um, and the quarantine and all these different fears and uh, concerns that the world has. Uh, I want to see if you agree or disagree with this statement and then hear what you think about it. I heard someone say, a pastor say, that superficial messages celebrity pastors and shallow services are not going to answer the questions of people who are really searching for truth now. You think that's true? I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, I believe that the church basically is suffering from famine conditions at this time. Yeah. And as a result of that, there's nothing that is transforming the individual that's hearing the message. So if they're not transformed, then society's not going to be transformed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the entertainment mindset of churches doesn't connect with people when they're really questioning mm -hmm. what's happening in the world, what's happening to my family. Uh, and I think that People who are honestly searching for truth will be encouraged by what we talk about. Because mm -hmm. what I wanted to start uh, for the first few weeks of our podcast is discussing this idea of the atonement and what Christ accomplished for us in redemption. Rather than say, uh, maybe people are like, well, what, what, uh, you know, what should I be doing in this time of trouble and what can I cling to? I think the most urgent issue that anybody has is am I right with God? Right. right. Exactly. I agree with that. Yeah. Am I right with God? Uh, and so that's why we're discussing, we're, we're going to be discussing this book, John Murray, Redemption Accomplished and Applied, but uh, just as a basis for our study on uh, how God has provided salvation for us and why that's so urgent. And maybe people feel like that's a, uh, a strange way to start, especially when you're trying to provide encouragement and hope. But this is, this is the bedrock, mm -hmm. right? I mean, this is the foundation. Well, if you stop and think, if the alarm is not sound, being sounded in the uh, pulpit of the jeopardy that people's souls are in, 
uh, then the only thing they can latch on to is the fact that uh, we're having problems in our society and we should be biting our nails over that. But if they were really to understand the fact that this is a temporal situation, no matter if we stay here 100 years, we still have to look at eternity and meet a holy God. And so if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, 50 years from now, the anarchy that's happening in the streets won't matter at all. Yeah. It's kind of like looking at worldly solutions for an eternal problem, like putting a Band-Aid on a cannonball wound. You know, exactly. like we're going to help you feel better mm -hmm. today mm -hmm. by saying, you know, the sun will come out tomorrow or some nonsense like that. Mm -hmm. Or uh, or we could really explain to you what the greatest need that we have is. Mm -hmm. And then once that issue is mm -hmm. settled, then you can move on and deal with the world. I mean, you mentioned when we did our little introduction that you desired for people to have a Christian worldview or a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to just provide, like, biblical truisms to people who may or may not be saved, because right. that's not going to be helpful right. to them, right? The importance of the Christian worldview, I thought about this last night, is the fact that uh, most people, including Christians, compartmentalize their lives. Hmm. Uh, particularly Christians will have a public life and a private life, and their lives are uh, informed by whatever is going on in, the, in, in uh, society. But as believers, we have to have a Christian worldview. Uh, we see everything through the lens of the Bible, whether our lives are private or public. And that is going to make the major difference in our lives mm -hmm. as it relates to any type of circumstance that might come up. Yeah, yeah our, our personal relationship with Jesus Christ uh, colors the way we handle every other problem. Sure. And I, I uh, have the opportunity to teach Bible class, and one of the things we talk about is learning truth, living truth. And I say, well, if you learn truth, let's see if you know the right answer. Let's have a little class here okay. real quick. Let's, uh, you said, you said fear, but let's say a person learns truth but doesn't live truth what would we call that person? We call him a hypocrite, yeah. first of all. Yeah, exactly right. And we know what that looks like. But then we have the other option. Well, what if a person lives truth but doesn't really know truth? Okay, that, that's a harder one to get to. And maybe I'm not really right on this, but a person tries really hard to live truth but doesn't know, let's say, capital T mm -hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. I would, what would you say that person is? Well, he, I would say that that person has just about enough uh, knowledge to be dangerous. Yeah. yeah. To hurt himself as well as hurt other people. Right. The, the idea, and, and that's what I want to get away from here, is just say, hey, live this way, live this way, live this way, without knowing Christ personally. Right. What group of people in the Bible had more knowledge than the Pharisees right. and more... Uh, more like as far as living truth, but they didn't really know. Right, right. They become right. legalists and moralists, and that's what every religion of the world is. If I do certain things, mm -hmm. God will accept me. Right. It's a works righteousness yeah. perspective, and that's the basis of all false religion. Right. And so that's why I don't want to start with, it'll get better, uh, 
even, even, I don't mean it's trite that God loves you, but, but to really get to the heart of the question, what is wrong with me, and how can I be right with God? Okay, well, you asked me a question also yeah. on <clears throat> how would I encourage a person uh, that is considering Christ, and uh, I pondered that thought, and basically I came up with this. What The advice that I would give to that person is, first of all, use your head and not your heart. Jeremiah uh, in 17 and, uh, what is it? Eight nine? or nine, eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Uh, make a qualitative decision based upon the facts or truths of Scripture, not on your feelings. Mm. Uh, and... <clears throat> count the cost, because there is a cost to uh, becoming a disciple of Christ. He tells you to to deny yourself, to pick up your cross, and to follow him daily. Mm -hmm. You are literally dying to who you are. You are disassociating yourself from yourself. So uh, I I don't know if that was uh, in in the line of what you were just talking about, but that just came to my mind. Yeah, no, that's... that's where I want to begin, and that's why we're discussing something maybe that seems uh, theological or deep, but as, as you just said, the biblical worldview starts with that personal relationship with Christ, and without that, a person can make moral decisions mm-hmm. and seek to gain God's favor or help, mm-hmm. but in reality, they're far, they're far mm-hmm. from the Lord. At best, all they have is self-righteousness as yeah. well. And Scripture tells us that all of our righteousnesses are as a filthy rags to the Lord. Right. I was listening. Uh, I've been listening to R.C. Sproul a little bit and doing a study with someone on assurance of salvation. And I, this was really good. He said there are four kinds of people in the world. Um, there are people who are uh, unsaved, and they know it. And, mm-hmm. and they're happy mm-hmm. in that. And then there are people that are saved and they know it, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're confident. But then there's people who are saved and they don't know it. Or they're not, maybe don't know it, but they're not assured of it. So right. they're struggling with doubts. Mm-hmm. And then there's the category of people that's maybe the scariest. They're unsaved and they know they're saved or they better think they're saved. But we right. use no because they have a, such a surety that they're saved but they're really not. I, and, and we see that over and over in the scriptures in Matthew 7, where many will be surprised sure. at the last day. Sure. And how sobering and scary is that? That they're, So we really have these two groups of people. We have people who are saved and they know it, and they're unsaved and they know they're, unsa- they know they're saved. So both have assurance in the sense that they both think they're going to heaven, mm-hmm. but one group's going to be desperately wrong. Right, and the one that's desperately wrong is the one that's been inoculated from the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, they have, again, enough knowledge to be dangerous, but it's to their own detriment. They profess Christ, but they don't possess him, and it makes me think about the, those individuals on the broad road Uh, Jesus was talking to religious people. He was not talking to the garden variety sinner. He was talking to the the, uh, person that professed Christ or has religion, but they don't have a relationship with God. And that's most dangerous because God can't do anything with a person like that that is straddling that fence. Yeah, and what you say there is so true. Isn't it something that Jesus' greatest anger and 
and strongest rebukes, and even in the Old Testament is this mm -hmm. way, was towards religious people, right? People who enjoyed going to church, mm -hmm. uh, people you know, not church in those days, but people who enjoy that relationship with God or like being a good person, right? They they kind of embrace rules or religion or routine or ritual, and we have that even in our own town with Roman Catholicism and other religions like that that are works based religion, and and so to people who may be listening to this, the goal here as we start before, Lord willing, we get into some other th issues, is to settle this question once for right. all. What did Christ do for me, and how do I apply it to my life? Right. You know, that's the, mm -hmm. the book, Accomplished and Applied. Mm -hmm. So Christ did something, and now how can I be sure that it's right. true of me? Right. And like the self-deceived people you mentioned, they're, they're difficult because, what did you say, they're inoculated to the truth. Right, like, yeah, they, yeah. Have tr they have some truth. Yeah. And they think, well, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. When in reality, they're in a state of greater damnation right. because of the fact they have that truth that they think they're saved by that will one day prove to judge them wrong mm. and hold them to a greater accountability because they had that truth. Yeah. And these are people that are sitting in churches or listening Absolutely. to stuff like this and hearing these messages and being like, yeah, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm good. And yet scripture tells us to examine ourselves. Exactly. You took the words right out of yeah. my mouth. I was thinking about Sunday uh, when we were discussing that, that we would examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. Uh, we are to uh, constantly be doing that. That shouldn't be a one-time deal. Mm -hmm. We're, okay, I'm good. Mm -hmm. But no, in reality, we need to be custodians of our faith. Yeah. And we need to constantly be making sure, taking our temperature, so to speak. Yeah. Palpating yeah. ourselves to make sure we're right with God. Right. You know, I've joked before, like that I'm OCD, like in the in the sense that I always am double and triple checking things. Sure. I got that little space heater up there in the office, and I'll get sometimes I'll get five minutes down the road heading to home and be like, did I shut that off? And I can envision the church burning down, or <laughs> you know. So I drive back, and and sure enough, it's almost always off. Checking the stove, uh, you know, did I? Did I leave the doors unlocked? I, I tend to double, triple check those things. The question is, is that a bad habit? That's right. Well, <laughs> I, it's, it, yeah, not, not if you don't want the house to burn down or the church to burn down. But the idea is I have that within my nature to want to be sure mm -hmm. of, of an important temporal thing. Mm -hmm. And I would hope that people that are listening would see, man, there is something far more important, the destiny of my eternal mm -hmm. soul, mm -hmm. that I'm not really giving any mm -hmm. thought to. And I mean, see, a person that doesn't know Christ, they're in a state of uh, being blind, so they don't have the capacity to do that. And that's why it's incumbent upon the man of God and Christians uh, as a whole to be able to expose truth to people so that they can see exactly what their spiritual condition is, yeah. you know, because otherwise they blithely go through life thinking, hey, I'm just fine. Right. And the light of God's word has to expose that. Like the, you think of the greatest preacher, Christ, and even in his giving of the gospel, the, the darkened hearts of the people mm -hmm. still didn't mm -hmm. respond. Sure. And our Lord was sure. present with them. Mm -hmm. So... And, and that's going to lead into what we're going to talk about on the next uh, episode when we start talking about the real necessity of salvation. Just, just to finish this, uh, this 
conversation. Um, in the introduction of his book here, when he talks about the atonement, he said something pretty striking about, I mean, John Murray was a, I believe he was a Presbyterian seminary professor in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and, and I think he died in the 50s or 60s. I guess I should have looked that up, but I have several of his books and have been just encouraged when I've read stuff by him, especially this book. I think it's one of my favorite, favorite, I mean, if I had a top 10, it would be, it would be one, this would be in that list. But he says at the beginning, I don't know what I can add to a conversation on the atonement that hasn't already been said, mm -hmm. but I'm anxious to try. Yeah, because, right. he goes on to say, uh, we can never exhaust our praise to God for right. what he has done. Right. Right. And that made me think of when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as a sun. We've no mm -hmm. less days to sing his praise than when we when first, first begun. Yeah. So I don't know that you and I are going to have anything. I know we're not going to have anything new to share. Uh, but I'm thankful that we will have the opportunity to talk about what Christ has done. I hope that anybody that's listening will do what you have really encouraged them to do, to think and to examine and to pray and to seek uh, whether or not they truly are born again. Right. So, so that'll, that'll uh, be on our, we'll, we'll really begin that in earnest on the next episode. And I really want to thank you for listening. Um, if we can do anything, Derek or I, to help you or encourage you, uh, the way you can get in contact with us for now is uh, gracebaptistromeo at gmail.com. Or you can text or call 586-752-4280. And we would love to help or encourage you in any way we can. Um, thank you so much for listening uh, today. Uh, God bless you and Lord willing, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.